Uh, just a heads up, because I know a lot of times when I do my intro, <laughs> you start cringing. I'm ready. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Hey guys, this is Rob, and welcome to question number 27. What can a 16-year-old do about human trafficking? It's my conversation with the 16-year-old over coffee in Minneapolis. Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. Thanks for joining us. It's a Monday morning. I'm recording this intro, as always, with my wife, my... I'm thinking of ones I've already done. My Morton Salt girl. I'm here with my my wife, my friend, my Morton Salt girl, Sarah Morgan, (laughs) sitting at our dining room table. We're here recording this intro because... I had this idea. So I'm flying out to LA in just a few hours. Sarah's going to drop me off at the airport. And my idea was, oh man, it would be so funny to me if we recorded this intro while we were driving to the airport. Limited amount of time. But then I thought better of it because, I don't know, that's my last few minutes with you. And already in our lives, you've already been forced to do all these intros with me. All that to say we're not in the car driving. We're not in the car driving. I mean, I, I listen to a ton of podcasts interviewing musicians. And maybe this, as I'm just talking this about this out loud, maybe I'm having an idea right now that I should do a podcast interview of musicians' wives. Mm. Or maybe you, I just set up the microphones and you sit down. Oh, pass. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'll interview. Maybe that'd be a fun one. Um, I mean, I know there's girls out there touring. I don't necessarily have any guy friends that don't do music that are married to women that tour and are out and about. Mm. You could Even entitle though- it, what it's like to be single or a single mom. Yeah, because that's a real thing. Because that's kind of what it is like. Yeah, because it is tough. Like, it's a cool thing. I'm going to be in L.A. till, it's just a really short thing till Friday. I'm going to do some podcast interviews. If any of you, by the way, if there are any musicians listening that are going to be at Winter Nam in L.A. here this week, hit me up online at the Rob Morgan. I'd love to run India. I'm going to be doing some performance demos at a few booths at uh, some of the companies I sponsor. So swing by. Why am I, I feel is like this I'm, show and tell right now? I don't know. I feel like I'm doing a commercial Listen right now. Listen to all this stuff that I've been productive no. on. <laughs> no, this is okay. Here's another thing. As I'm learning to do podcasts, a thing all the guys do at the beginning of their podcast or girls, whatever it is, you know, hey, catch me here. This is what I've got going on the next couple weeks. Here's a tour lined up. I'm not going on tour necessarily. Uh, I have some live podcast recordings in the works and a series. Oh man, I'm not even, I don't know if I want to keep put it that yourself. out there. You yeah. should keep it in your pocket. Okay. In your pants. I'll keep it in my pants. But. <laughs> I feel like that's a thing that people do. It's, hey, here's what I've got going on. Swing out. I'd love to see you there. Yeah. I've got a book signing. I'm not doing any of that, but I'm, I'm going to be at Nam. if any of you are. You're just more like, oh, I'll be at this bar downtown. I'm going to come by and have a drink. <laughs> I'm not sure writing a book or on tour, but I'll be at this bar from 8 to 10. But anyways, I have had people ask, so what do you have coming up? I'd love to introduce myself to you or whatever it is. That's where I'm going to be this week. And a thing that's not talked about a lot of times. Okay. Someone's married to someone that's heading out of the road. Or you're living with someone. Some You are with someone that's about to be gone for at least over a week. Mm-hmm. 
and you're close enough with them that you're in living proximity, so they're part of your day-to-day life, Mm -hmm. what advice would you give to someone that's helped you? Are there mindset things or are there... Well, I think probably the best thing, whether this is healthy or not, I think it it works, uh, is just to fill your schedule. Be busy. Have things planned. Have people to see after work or hobbies. I feel like that's why one of the reasons why this has worked between you and I is because I feel like I've been in a lot of conversations where people come up to Sarah and say, oh man, Rob's, Rob's on the road. Or he's on tour for a month. Like, are you just devastated? What are you doing with your time? Like just living my life like a normal person. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, no, I've got my own thing going on. Right. You have friends. You have, I, and I like that about you. I like that independence. Yeah. I feel like being married to someone who travels a lot, whether that's a musician or just someone who travels a lot for business Hopefully you're an independent person because if you're not, it's going to suck. <laughs> so, If you're just dependent on the other person. It still right. sucks being yeah. away from each other. I have come to the conclusion because we've gotten to travel a lot uh, over the past few years together. Travel is one of my favorite parts of touring, getting to see places you normally wouldn't. But now that I've been with you, traveling just seems so pointless without you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, other people that are in the same position, we feel the same way. Anyways, moving on, maybe I'll do this. I was thinking about what, how would it be fun to have interaction through the hotline other than just call in, tell me what you think about the podcast. You're very vague. Very vague, so maybe we'll do this. What if we start linking up the questions uh, that people ask you online okay. with questions that people can call in on the hotline okay. and answer themselves? So by that I mean this. Any fans of the podcast know that every week we ask Sarah a question. That question comes from you, the listeners, and can be found on iTunes. Head over to iTunes, rate, comment, and subscribe. Five stars only. And in your comment, listen, I know I've said it before, I am so thankful. Those of you that have written on iTunes or commented uh, on any platform that you're listening to this podcast on, I just want to say a massive thank you for taking time out of your day to leave a comment there. If you, For those of you that have left a comment about saying how much you love this podcast, you love the interviews, that's awesome. That said, what I really want are questions. Those questions we read to Sarah. This week's question comes from Jessica, and she asks, as a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, I had a couple different phases, both really weird. Well, maybe not weird, but kind of extreme. So for a little while, I wanted to be a veterinarian, and then I realized that you would have to put animals to sleep, and so I quickly opted out of that. And then after that, probably in middle school, I wanted to be um, a spy, and I had like maybe four different sets of walkie-talkies, which is weird because I'm an only child, and there's no one to walkie-talkie with. Um, And then I found out that that required a lot of training and so i opted out of that <laughs> those that that's an awesome story thank you for sharing that you're welcome for sharing thank you sarah <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb your eyes like glazed over thank you for sharing no, that <laughs> sorry <laughs> and i did say it in the most formal way possible Thank you, Sarah Morgan, for sharing your story. <laughs> Not. Uh, okay, Jessica, thank you for writing in through the website and asking Sarah that question. Here's something that's interesting. That question is actually the perfect accidental transition into today's interview episode. So here's the deal. Speaking of children, Super Bowl's coming up. We live in Minneapolis. Super Bowl is literally going to be just a few miles from our home. And I 
had heard a statistic a few months back saying that the Super Bowl is one of the number one targets for human trafficking. And so that I wrote when I heard that statistic, I wrote down a note to myself that it would be interesting to do a podcast interview where I find out what the question was going to be, what is Minneapolis doing to fight against human trafficking during the Super Bowl? So I started doing research on that. Uh, and I came across a few statistics. Here's one of the craziest. So the Super Bowl is one of the number one events that this happens. If you don't know what human trafficking is... Just listen and you'll find out. Yeah, listen to this interview. I talked to Kai about it. Essentially, human trafficking is when someone is put in sexual exploitation against their own will. Oh man, this is such like a heavy... It feels weird diving into such a heavy topic with this podcast because we talk about so many fun things. I'm talking with artists, creatives. Yeah. This is kind of outside of my comfort zone. But I was curious about it. I and really to relevant, in. too. Here's some other statistics I found out when I was re- researching this episode. Human trafficking is estimated to be a $150 billion industry worldwide, making it the second largest and fastest growing criminal... Wow, I can't even read right now. Criminal. Criminal enterprise. A national study published in 2014 estimated that 14% of the men in the United States report having ever paid for sex and 1% report having done so during the previous year. That would mean that approximately 26,000 men have purchased sex in the past year in Minnesota. Whoa. All right, here's another Minnesota fact. A November 2010 study found that each month in Minnesota, at least 213 girls are sold for sex in an average of five times per day throughout the internet and escort services. And that's just in Minnesota. So... I'd heard some of these statistics, and uh, here's another thing. Mall of America is one of the number one hubs. We've, yeah. You and I have known this for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mall, America, Mall of America, which is just a few miles away, they, uh, they even built a hotel next to it. And when they were building a hotel that's connected to the Mall of America, one of the biggest concerns was that hotel w- would possibly become a massive hub yeah. for sexual exploitation. So this is a topic. So did they do anything about that? I don't know. Oh. I didn't get into I was going to research that a little bit more. But here's here's where my research ended. This is a real deal in Minnesota. And it's interesting. Part of my conversation with Kaya, I talked about how when I hear about things like this, sexual exploitation, uh, poverty, any of these human uh, lack of water, I think of all these things that happen outside of the U.S., like away from me, away from my community. When I started reading this and I found studies that talk about this being a local issue and something that's happening here in our neighborhoods and communities, it it's cliche to say it hit home. That's a such a cliche thing to say, but it hit home more. Part of this interview with Kaya, she talks about going to a talk that a company called Breaking Free, which is a local organization that helps... Uh, get people out of sexual human trafficking. She said that she was listening to testimonials of different people that had been in that and what that looked like to get out and what that looked like for them. And I thought it would be interesting before I dive into my conversation with Kaya to play for you one of those interviews from a woman named Flora and hear her experience. So Via human trafficking. Yeah. So my name is Flora and I'm a survivor. And my story starts when I was about 12. My mother committed suicide. I was living in California and moved to Minnesota to be with my father. Right away, I was rebellious and wanted to break the rules and didn't want to follow any of the rules at home. So I ran away from home. 
And within 48 hours, I was recruited by a guy that I thought was my boyfriend. And he manipulated me into thinking that he was my boyfriend. So that's where the start story begins. Um, I was kidnapped and took to uh, Tennessee and um, where I stayed there for about a month or so. A lot of abuse happened between 14 and 16 years of age um, with the same guy. And he found out tactics to keep me around because it went on for about two years. And so once he realized that if he bruised me, um, particularly on my face, that I would be too scared to go back home to my parent, I finally got enough courage to get away from this guy. And still after that, um, I didn't go home because I was so ashamed of all the things that I had been through. And I thought, there's no way in the world that my family will understand or even love me anymore. I was really broken and quite ashamed of the things that I, that I had been doing. I had gotten into some trouble when I was 18. And um, even so, getting into the trouble that I got into, no one ever asked or cared if I needed help with the type of trouble that I had gotten into. So it was a long, long life of denial and shame and resentments towards a lot of people. That lot led to 10 years, almost 11 years of being involved in prostitution. Um, at the time, I thought it was a choice, but um, coming to Breaking Free has taught me that it wasn't a choice. Um, I was a child manipulated into a lifestyle that was not meant for me. I had my daughter when I was 24, and she's actually the reason why I got out of the life. Well, it's many other reasons, but actually I came to Breaking Free when I was 18. I felt at home here. I didn't really want to be here at first, but it was kind of forced by the courts. But um, eventually I knew that I had a home here at Breaking Free because there was women here that cared about me. So then when I turned 24 and I got pregnant, I knew that I had to go back to Breaking Free because there was just that one place that I knew that would accept me and love me for all the things that I had been through without any judgments. So currently I'm in college. Um, I'm working on my, my fourth semester in college. Um, I'm going for addiction counseling. I'm currently working at Breaking Free as a women's advocate. Totally did a 360 and turned my life around to better the life for my daughter so she doesn't have to go through the things that I went through. One thing I would say to women that have been through what I've been through is to reach out. Um, I mean, if they're in Minnesota, even if they're not, to come to Breaking Free, that there's women out here that care about you and uh, want to see you succeed. There is hope. As I started researching what Minnesota was doing to fight against human trafficking for the Super Bowl, I started researching online, looking at organizations, trying to figure out who I wanted to interview. And as I was online searching all this stuff out, I came across a local organization that was doing a 5K. I was stumbling around online, found a website called notinourcity5k.org. So not in our city is one word and then the number five and the letter K.org. By the way, all these links that Kai and I talk about, I may put in the show notes. So I stumbled across this and I thought this organization was fascinating. They were doing 5Ks over the past couple years where people fundraise and raise awareness for human trafficking that happens in Minnesota and in our local communities. As I was researching who was in charge of this, who would be a good person to talk to, I found out that it was a 16-year-old who started this. Well, she's 16 now, but when she heard about all this, she was 13 and thought to herself, I need to do something about it. Small world, it just happened to be that her dad married Sarah and I. 
They own a coffee shop in downtown Minneapolis, and Sarah and I actually even got married in the building of the coffee shop. And had a reception in the coffee shop. Yeah, so I reached out to Scott Waller, and I said, hey, can I contact your 16-year-old daughter to sit down and interview her and talk to her about what it was like uh, for her hearing about all this stuff as a girl? Mm -hmm. Uh, What made her even more interesting to me is that she grew up living in downtown Minneapolis. When I say downtown, she literally lives blocks away from the Metrodome right now. Or the U.S. Bank Stadium. U.S. Bank Stadium is what it's called now. Uh, It'll always be the Metrodome. Yeah. She mentioned offhand dealing with catcalling. As a girl, she's 16 years old. And over the past few years, having to do I think do every 16-year-old girl is like, yeah, of course. I know. Uh, it's unfortunate, I, but... And I know this stuff through my conversations with you. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy to me, and it's such an obvious thing, but I, whenever I hear about some of the things that you have to deal with, like catcalls to this day or even younger, and some of the things you've had to deal with as a woman, uh, I don't know, it just... It's gross. It's gross. I think the first time I was like 12 and it was like this like adult man on his motorcycle who was like 30. And did what? He and he asked me if I wanted to go for a ride on his bike. I think I might have told this story already, but oh, man. gross. I was just going to the gas station to get a candy bar as a 12 year old in my tie dyed shirt that I'd made. And that just bugs the crap out of me. I mean, that's such even a light thing to say. It, has, it messes with me thinking about you having to deal with that, thinking about girls having to deal with that. And that's something I'll never, even if I hear the stories, I'll never know what it really is like. But I don't know where I'm going with this, but the fact... Well, I I think it's not only a responsibility of men to be better men, but also just to learn what it's like to be a woman in today's society. Yeah. So I think anytime you step outside your box as a man to understand... Yeah. Even just a snapshot of what it's like to be a woman in the city. What else to say about Kaya? Yeah, just other than that, I did feel super... I was very aware of the fact that I'm a 32-year-old dude sitting down. We were at a coffee shop uh, that her parents own, Corner Coffee. You can find it online on the website, thecuriouspod.com slash map, or it's right there on the front page if you want to see where any of these interviews have been done. Wow. I talked fast. Uh, Take a breath. Take a deep breath. Well, it's definitely outside of your yeah. interviewing a, a minor. Yeah, so that's also an inter- That's also a great. But well, that's thing. what makes it such an interesting episode. Yeah, talk sitting down with someone who who's making to, shit happen. She's making shit happen. So I sat down with her to ask her what it's like to be a girl growing up in a downtown city, and what the difference is between her and me. Where when I was thirteen, I heard about stuff like this. I was aware of things happening in the world, but it didn't transfer from awareness to making me want to do something about it. What did it trigger inside her that she had to do something? What did she do and what is she doing to raise awareness for this problem in Minnesota? I think that's all I'm going to say about this. Should we dive in? I think so. So here's my interview with 16-year-old Kaya Wohler, downtown Minneapolis. You grew up in in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. downtown proper, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Where were you born? Were you born around here? I was born in Texas, actually. Really? Yeah, in Lubbock, Texas. Um, okay. We moved to Minnesota when I was three. That's so. right. But you've grown up your entire life mm-hmm. living downtown. Yeah. That is insane to me. Okay. <laughs> you grew up like biking around, like when normal mm-hmm. kids are taking buses to school. Did you take a bus to school? Um, No, because like since most kids don't live downtown, yeah. uh, like the school buses don't 
come yeah. down here. So usually we'd drive. Like occasionally we'd bike oh, to school. Man. Okay, where'd you go to school? Uh, Marcy Open. It's across the river. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so you your parents would just drop you off. Would you take the city bus ever? Uh, not when I was in elementary middle well, yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like now. You're in high school right now. South high school. Oh, okay. How old are you? I'm 16. You're 16 right now. Yes. Do you drive? Do you have a license? I have a license. Do okay. I don't have a car. <laughs> Your growing up sounds a lot like someone that grew up in New York City. Because you grew up like across the street mm-hmm. from here. That's insane to me. Yeah. That's so awesome. Is there any like negative downside you feel like? Um, I feel like the one downside is that like nobody, no, no other kids lived by yeah. us. Yeah. I mean, now it's definitely super different because like in this neighborhood there's so many young kids right now okay. but we were the first we were really like, yeah because it's literally that building right yes yeah. okay and like but that's like also a plus side because like whenever friends come to like come over like, yeah. it's like the coolest thing ever because like yeah we'll go for walks downtown oh, man. Like, did your friends think you were the coolest thing ever oh yeah you bet <laughs> okay because i picture i'm trying to put myself in your shoes and i picture uh when i have conversations so sarah and i live like south minneapolis mm-hmm. And when I talk to people about going downtown, even people my age, they're like, well, I don't know about going downtown. Yeah. Like, it's kind of sketchy down there. Mm-hmm. Like, are you sure? Let's stay, hang out here. There's this, like, apprehensiveness yeah. about going downtown. Did your friend's parents have that? Like, um, did your parents have to convince your friend's parents to come let them do, like, a sleepover? Or I mean, maybe sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, like, most people, like, they get scared driving yeah, around yeah. downtown. Yeah, like, yeah. that's where I learned to drive, <laughs> totally, was downtown. Totally. with these madness <laughs> yeah. drivers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, I don't think... I think they'd usually be okay with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's there's funny. always, like, sketchy situations. But, like, yes. more or less, Minneapolis is pretty oh, safe. That's so, so funny. Okay, motorcycle, right? Do you ever have, like... Is there anything in you that wants to learn how to ride, like your dad? Um, I want to learn how to ride a scooter, but, a scooter? Yeah, I want to get like a... Oh, man, like a tiny moped yeah, thing? That would bet. be sweet. That's what I want. Okay, so uh, whenever I whenever I sit down with someone to talk with them, I always am thinking, okay, what am I curious about? What am I an idiot about? Mm-hmm. It's like the, It sounds weird to say, but I'm always like, okay, what am I a total idiot about this person's life that I have no idea? And one thing is being a girl downtown. Mm-hmm. So you're 16 now, and you've been hanging out downtown. I don't... Is, do you like feel comfortable like roaming around downtown? Mm-hmm. That's such a weird question. No, no. But I like, okay. t- you took the bus here. Yeah. Is that like just second nature to you at this point? Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like I have to deal with like catcalling and like stuff like that. But do you really? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. But That's I mean, cra- usually yeah. like I I know how to like protect myself if like I yeah. am ever in a situation mm-hmm. that yeah. I would need it. Um. But like, I feel like a lot of people I know have to deal with it, too. So it's not just like yeah. because I live downtown. Yeah. Um, Which is funny because yeah. you you say that. And I was, I was talking to Sarah the other day. And we were just talking about like the catcalling thing. Yeah. Which is was so weird for me to ask you about. But like, <laughs> it's this thing of I will never know. As like a mm-hmm. dude, I'm, I'm huge and I wear black all the time. <laughs> so I'm not, necessarily, I'm not necessarily someone that people are... Like doing cat calls, yeah. <laughs> unless the person's like really weird, yeah. and then I don't have to worry about it. I'm like, oh, that person's out of their mind. Yeah, uh, yeah. but that's like a normal thing mm-hmm. about being a girl, yeah. especially being younger. That it just is the regular part of being downtown. That's yeah. crazy to me. Yeah. So what do you do to you said like protect yourself? Do you like carry like uh, pepper spray or something? Yeah, I mean like that? I have pepper spray. Are you handgun carry? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I like I have pepper spray. Like I know what I would need to do. I've never yeah, yeah. had to like 
totally, you you're always out in public. Yeah. You're not like, you're not dumb. You're walking down a dark alley down yeah, by Yeah, no, it. I know like how to avoid yes. situations that are probably not totally. good. Okay. But favorite, favorite restaurant. You have friends coming in town and they haven't hung out downtown. You're like, all right, let's go someplace to grab food. Yeah. Do you have like a go-to stables? Oh man. Um, I mean, it's not like exactly downtown, but Maria's that's on Franklin. Yes. I love that place. Oh man. Um, Get some corn pancakes. Oh yes. So good. Yeah. Um, I've I'm done that multiple the band times box, with your dad. I think it's called. Yeah. Um, right by North Central. Yeah. Yeah. I like that, place that rules. Too. Mighty Ducks. Have you I've, seen Mighty Ducks no. yet? No. You haven't seen Mighty Ducks? No. Okay. That's like the bandbox staple. So really? like the yeah, the hockey movie. You've heard of Mighty Ducks, right? Like the Disney movie. Uh yeah. man. The bandbox is right across from where that whole thing was filmed. Oh, really? I think it was like filmed in there. I don't know. Cool. It's like the one claim to fame. Uh, yeah, I didn't know okay. that. Okay. How old were you when you became like aware of the situation? So the 5K race, I want to dive into like that, is about human trafficking, yeah. right? Was this a your idea? Um, kind of. So me and a friend of mine, um, yeah. we like we're going to this. We were at this camp and they were raising money for human trafficking across, yeah. like overseas. Yeah. And How old were you? Thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, yeah. I think I was fourteen. And so like as we were like, me and my friend, we like both were like hearing all of these like horrible stories like across seas of like all of this yeah. human trafficking that's like really yes. not good. And we were like we were thinking about it. And we we're like that has, happens here too. Like it's yeah. not just. Yeah, it just some faraway problem. Like it's totally. actually. So, uh, if someone doesn't know if, like, the term human trafficking, is never like they've never heard that. How would you define that to someone that's never yeah. heard of that? Um, human trafficking is essentially selling your body for sex when you are mm-hmm. being controlled by someone else. So it's not not a choice mm-hmm. for whoever is selling their body for sex. Um, they have to do it for either money t- to live yes. or, or they do it for food or um, yeah. housing yeah this whole like all right it's this is such a goofy topic for me to be asking you it's about okay. it hasn't been necessarily human trafficking hasn't been on my necessarily radar of something mm-hmm. i've done anything about yeah it's just kind of something that's existed but you what's fascinating to me is you're a 13 year old at that time and you're like there's got to be something we can do about this so did what was the next thing you got home from camp mm-hmm. and you and your friend did you like research or did you just jump online yeah. or what was that next thing um so like she like initially was the one who yeah. was like in charge of yeah. it all um she what she wanted to do was like get her initial plan was to get a uh like a meeting sort yeah. of thing where people would like come probably mm-hmm. here and we'd have like a informational thing where like yes. you learn like what this what like what this topic was and what yeah. you could do about it and yeah. then like we'd raise some money about it and then that would probably yeah. be it. So it'd be more like a, an awareness yeah. thing. Yeah. And for people if you're in it, mm-hmm. was that part of it you're saying? Like if someone's like feels like they're stuck in it, they can come yeah, and I mean, talk it was about like, it? Or? Uh, the people who would come would be able to like notice signs for yeah, yeah. other people who are in it. Uh, yeah. So then they would be able to like take action to yeah. help them get out of it. Interesting. Okay, because when you say that, it makes me feel like there is, um, there might be smaller versions of it that people just assume is like flies under people's radar. So are there like, because when I think of when I think of human trafficking nationally, I I think of something massive, like someone is kidnapped and they're taken someplace, it's someplace else, away from like their family and something. Is there any smaller versions Um, of like localized? Well, you sometimes like. A lot of times it happens with 
um, people who were like either sexually abused or just abused in general yeah. at, at home when they were young. Yeah. And then um, lots of times it's so it's younger girls who get yeah. started with it, yeah. but usually. Um, the most common thing that happens yeah. is like an older man will become this li- like younger girl's boyfriend yes and they'll have sex and then either that guy will like yeah. say have sex with my friends and then now have sex with all of these people and it's like too late for the girl to get out it's, yeah or um the guy gets the girl um hooked on like drugs and so yeah. then like the only way that they can like get those drugs yeah. more drugs is to be with them and do whatever they say mm-hmm. okay because i feel like uh on your website the first lady was talking about i think that was more of her story like mm-hmm. she was dating somebody yeah that's crazy okay uh, man, I'm so pumped that you're willing to like explain that. Yeah. Because and because it's could be such like a weird thing for me to be asking you. <laughs> yeah. But it's so cool that you are like you're so informed about it. You're you're 13. You come home. You start doing this. When did the idea of this race? Um. So thing my friend, like, she would talk to Keisha yeah. Tracy about like yes. the, yeah this whole yeah. thing, and they were like they were planning it. And um, my friend Julia, she talked to my dad too. Yeah. And my dad was like, we could do more than just this yeah. informational meeting. And so he like went straight to the twins and like, yes. so I don't know how he got the idea, but he just, he asked them and they said yes. The and twins? So, mm-hmm. So how, like, is it in the stadium or how are they yeah. involved? Yeah, so, so they- they, we hosted both of the races at the twins stadium. Oh, um, sweet. Yeah, so like the um, race was in the Yes. Running laps around it. Uh, so not on the field. No, not on the field. Okay, but, but in up the, in the like stands yeah. area. Uh, how many people showed up to this first thing? Um, the first one we had about four hundred ish people. Yes, that's And then cool. this year we had over five hundred people come. This so. year, because that was in December, right? Uh, yep. The first one was in February of 2016. Okay. And then this one was in December of 2017. Man, the way I picture. If people are listening and they don't know you, the cool one of the coolest things about how, like you've grown up and your dad here, you guys, you essentially own this coffee shop. You guys have you this bet. coffee shop church downtown Minneapolis, and so it's constantly people coming in and out of doing things. So it, I feel like this place is, um, I feel like you probably don't understand how rare it is <laughs> that you're constantly seeing people in and out of here that are like, I've got an idea, I'm gonna make something happen. Mm-hmm. So then, of course, talking to your dad about that and be like, hey, I've got this idea. It's a no-brainer. Let's make something happen. Yeah. Why don't we call up the twins <laughs> and make that happen? Sweet. Was there money involved when you were doing the race? Did people yeah. fundraise? Uh-huh. So um, 100% of the proceeds from the race go yeah. directly to um, the first time. I think we had three organizations we were yeah. giving money to. Yeah. Um, and then this year we had five organizations. And yeah. like these organizations... Um, they like help people get out of human yeah. trafficking or like they house people or yeah. like, do um, like rehabilitation, like getting people back into the real world yes. type stuff. So it's kind of fundraising for that. Is yeah. there, like what are the companies? So Breaking Free. Um, okay. Is that a local Minneapolis thing? Yeah, all of okay. these are Minneapolis ones. Man, that's sweet. Yeah. Man, okay, I, I grew up going to youth group in mm-hmm. church and I feel like whenever we, whenever we talked about stuff, everything was, everything was so big and epic. Like probably like camp experiences. Yeah. Uh, what did you go to uh, camp at Alexandria? Yeah, Not, Lake yeah, Geneva. That yeah, was totally. The one. That's my jam. That was the one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I played that camp so many times. <laughs> so I feel like okay, I'm at Lake Geneva camp, and they're doing all these things and talking about awareness, whether it's for this or something else or like hunger, starvation, whatever it is. But all these thoughts are 
It's like something somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being, like, when I was a teenager, it was always like, yeah, let's raise money and we'll send it someplace else because it's yeah. happening elsewhere. My mind didn't go to, okay, wait a second, what's happening in our community here? Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so, and that's like <laughs> the coolest thing in the world to me that you're like, I, like, I see this happening here. Mm-hmm. Do you think a lot of that happened because you grew up kind of being around Corner Coffee and seeing Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever, like, I mean, when I, like, was younger, I didn't have, like, the eye to notice, like, oh, that person is, like, selling themselves or whatever, but I think... Or, like, even here, um, homeless people. When I was here all the time, there's, like, the um, people that were coming in all the time that were homeless, and they hang out here, and you Mm -hmm. see that, and you see, like, the stuff even outside of Mm -hmm. what this project you're doing. Yeah, and I mean, I think one thing that, like, I really think about a lot is, like, I've seen people, like homeless people sleeping on the steps of churches before. And it's just, it's so upsetting to me because like churches are constantly saying like, we have to help all these people. And right, literally outside of their front door, there are people sleeping on their stairs. And it's just like, we're just Uh, like being such hypocrites if we're just letting it. Yes. And I wonder if that's, because you and I are downtown more than maybe other people. And I feel like the further way outside downtown, like suburbia you get, you kind of, start just being around people that are just like you and they think yeah. like you they look like you but when you're here you're just forced to be around yeah. kind of everything mm-hmm. and it's like in your face so you see it okay so this this what's this virtual thing yeah um so the virtual 5k um so we didn't with the whole 5k we don't want it to just end at the uh, like the event that we had yeah. in december uh, we want people to continue to yeah have awareness and raise money. And so this virtual 5K is essentially um, on your phone, you register for it, and then like you either break it up over in chunks or you run a 5K all yes. at once, and you have people cheer you on, you like yeah. have people run with you. That's um, cool. And then and all so of that money. you just do it on your own. Yep. You track it, you just say like, I'm gonna run this 5K yeah. by myself. Yep. That's awesome. And then all that money is going again towards. Yeah, uh, and then so people like are fundraising and then send it your way and you yeah. disperse it. Yeah. Man, that's cool. Uh, so is it because of the Super Bowl that you guys are doing it again yeah. or to raise awareness for it? or I mean, like, the Super Bowl does bring a lot more um, people who yeah. are human trafficked yeah. into the city wherever yeah. the Super Bowl is held. Um, but, like, one thing that we want to focus on is that, like, just because the Super Bowl is done yeah. doesn't mean human trafficking just goes away. Man, yes. That is so good. <laughs> I feel like... Okay, I read an article about uh, homelessness mm-hmm. in Minneapolis, and yeah. during like December and like all the, during the holidays and Thanksgiving, yeah. there's always a ton of pushes to like raise money for homelessness, mm-hmm. and you know during the holidays and help people out. But then like January first hits, it's, and then it's like we kind of forget. Like everybody yeah. goes on to their New Year, you forget, but it doesn't disappear. Yeah. Oh man. Okay, that's cool. Do you know? Do you know if Minneapolis does anything to fight against? Uh, uh, the, so you have a ton of people coming in for the Super Bowl and we have like Mall of America mm-hmm. do you know with all your research and like people you've talked to if Minneapolis is doing anything to fight against that? Yeah I know um, every Super Bowl they have like teams come in to help fight okay, that really? apparently yeah, yeah. Um, and then like with Mall of America like there's the curfew for younger ki- like people yeah. just so like 
And the reason is because of human trafficking. Yeah. Um, really? Yeah. I didn't know that's why. I thought it was just like, we don't want kids here. No. Because there's signs everywhere. Yeah. You have to be with a chaperone. Yeah. If someone's listening, I've got a bunch of people listening to this podcast. And if, if you had a like an ask for people, is there something partic- particular that you're like, that's on your mind that you're like, be more aware of this or go do this, do something? Yeah. What would that be? Um, I think like some of the top ones are like uh, giving money to the organizations yeah. that not even just the ones that we're donating to, yeah, but yeah. all of these other ones, because yeah. there's tons. Um, uh, also, like, there's, like, volunteering opportunities that some yeah. organizations have. It would take training, but, yeah. like, if you're committed enough, like, that's a perfect opportunity. Totally. Um, another thing that's kind of obvious, but, like, don't buy sex from people, because, like, because, <laughs> like, I think, I'm, I'm like, laughing because it just sounds so obvious. Yeah, but, like, people thing. do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think... Oh man, it's such a goofy thing for me to be asking about this stuff because it's like, I feel like I don't understand how like of a local issue mm-hmm. it is, and like it sounds so obvious to me. We're like chatting over coffee, <laughs> listening to some great improv music, <laughs> and we're like, don't buy sex from people. Yeah. That sounds pretty uh, straightforward yeah. for me. Oh man, here's another question. So you're you're 16 right now. Mm-hmm. You you in your mind when you hear something that you're passionate about with this deal. You instantly, was it just a no-brainer for you to be like, I got to do something. Let's make it happen. Or were you, was there any thoughts in your mind that were like, ah, that's maybe a little bit too big for me. Who am I to? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, like, sometimes I have the fear that, like, we're doing all of this and is it ever going to really Mm -hmm. end, you know? Because we have to, like, have people not buy sex anymore for it to actually end. No matter how much awareness or money we raise, if people are still buying sex, it's still going to happen. Yeah. Um... But, like, it's something that if we as a people can make a difference, it's better to, like, I can't just, like, keep going to school and, like, do homework when there's, like, people who are really, really struggling out there. Yes. Because it it just seems like I'm using my privilege to help people, and if I'm just going to, like, sit by and do nothing... Did you ever feel like, well, okay, you came back when you started becoming aware of this stuff, like heavy topics. Did you ever find yourself like sitting down doing something mo- mundane at home and be like, all oh, this seems just pointless right now? Or like you mentioned school. Yeah. Like school just seems pointless right yeah. now when there's something this big happening. Yeah. I mean, so before the first uh, event that yeah. we had, um, we went, uh, me, my dad and Keisha, we went to yeah. Breaking Free. Um their like housing that they have yeah. and um, we were like it was to get some interviews that we put on the yeah. website and we heard like a, um, a whole bunch of like women's stories who like yeah. were in human trafficking and it was so hard to listen to and it was like they they were just angry about it they weren't even sad anymore that like that they yeah. were in this they were just upset that someone had forced them into it yeah. and that people are still like forcing other people into it because they just want to live they want to go to school and do mundane things so is that like the vibe you get from most people that you've like seen talk about this because I've never gone to any like clinic or something or like a talk like you said is that like the main kind of vibe of people just being angry after a certain amount of time that happened or yeah it's angry and also like hopeless because like they for them, it was that was normal. Like the stuff that they had to like go through, yeah. it was, like awful, awful, awful things. Like that was just yeah. like as much of their history as me living yeah. downtown was is my history. Like, yeah, it's just something that they. It's just part of them. It's just part of them. That's yeah, who they are. I know. 
Okay, this is a, this is a random story. Did okay. you have you seen like in the news this whole story of this the family in California? Yeah, yeah. That had like they were, their kids were stuck there, and their kids were like twenty nine mm-hmm. or whatever, like yeah. seventeen or all yeah. this stuff. When I when I read that, the first thing that goes to my mind is, what are you thinking? Like, just run out of your house. Like, yeah. Run to like so run find somebody, uh, like find a police officer, run to a police station, mm-hmm. tell them what's going on. Like, just do something about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like when it comes to this stuff that you're talking about too, my natural instinct is just run away, go find like a police station or something like that, find something. But it's not, if someone, if that's someone's story, they don't have that. Mm -hmm. They don't, is, do you think it's like not even a thought? Like, what do you think is going through someone's mind to keep them in that? Um, I mean like there's like one girl who we like talked to, um, the pimp who was controlling her, um, he like, got her pregnant and so then she had that baby and he was holding the baby like above her so she couldn't leave because her kid yeah this is your kid is here and it like lots of it is like they think it's so conditioned in them to think that that's all they deserve and like that's the farthest that they can go in life yes man that like that hopelessness stuff you're talking about is yeah. crazy to me. Yeah. That's just so sad of like yeah. feeling like you can't get out of it. Mm-hmm. All right, if there's someone listening to your age to this and somehow for some reason they're on a podcast app and they like <laughs> are listening they're listening to a, a random two people in a coffee shop talking yeah. about this, what would you say if someone was listening and they were like felt stuck or hopeless mm-hmm. in that scenario? Would you have any advice? Um, I would tell them they are worth it. And they can get out of it because yeah. they they don't deserve what they're going through right now. And even though it's awful, awful right now, they have a future and they can get to somewhere better with their lives. Yeah. Do you think that do you think that people who are in the middle of stuff like that? Do you feel like that's a, like a people feel like they des- I deserve this somehow? Like somehow I did something. Does that come up? Yeah. Um, I think so because lots of. Like I said, lots of the people who are stuck in it were abused as children, and so they grew up constantly having this awful. Just their whole life is just yeah constantly them. That's being all they know. Degraded. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna link all this stuff. Okay. Is there anything else about like the 5K? I didn't know if you guys had anything else coming up in the future. Um. Well, we've got the virtual 5K coming yeah. up, and then um, like with that, we're launching like a new slogan, uh, yeah. which is called "Not Sexy," which is like basically saying that like, uh, like this movement isn't like a sexy thing that you can like get with for a little bit, and then the not sexy thing. What is that's that? That's just again? like a slogan that we're using. Oh, cool. So like the other one was like just not in our city. Yeah. Uh, like we can stop it or whatever and yeah. like this one is like an um, actual changing the way people think about stuff kind of yeah so like instead of just like for this like that event that we had like yeah. it's not just like something that you can post on Instagram and then yeah. be done with it yeah it's more than that man that is man okay so if someone be outside of the, this 5k is there something that people could do like what's an active thing maybe is it just an awareness spreading this mm-hmm. like thinking about it talking yeah. about it you think I think just uh, awareness yes yeah. and like not taking your life for granted and like yeah. realizing that other people have it way worse whatever oh, you're going through totally yeah I think uh, I love I mean I love your thoughts on awareness <laughs> stuff because you're like let's change the way people think about stuff yeah. that's so rad it's so like I don't think uh, you probably don't realize for a 16-year-old how rare that is. You're such a rock star with that. Okay. Uh, side note, before we end this, wrap yeah. this up. 
Super Bowl's happening. Yes. You live downtown. The yes. majority of my friends are talking about the whole week before Super Bowl, I'm avoiding downtown. Are you dreading it? Or are you pumped uh, for like the madness that's about to ensue? I think it's going to be crazy. Yeah. I don't like, I'm like dreading it, but also I'm kind of excited because yeah. like, how often are you, am I yeah, going to be like be in madness. the middle yeah, you're of like, this whole thing? How many blocks are you guys from the... Uh, the three uh, blocks from the stadium. It's insane. Like your life is... Like if you were even thinking about driving from home somewhere, it's not happening during the no. game day. You're and just, like going to school, because I go, I take no. the light rail to school. Oh yeah, and like because it's how far south? Where uh, where do you get off on the light rail? Like Lake Street, Midtown. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. there's a school over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm ignorant about it. I didn't it's grow up here, right. so I don't know. I don't know where anything <laughs> is. Okay, so you take the light rail. Yeah, and just like that whole week probably is going to be Jeez. insane. Are they doing something where you don't? Uh, like if you live here, you can't take the light rail. What do you know about that? I know on like the like Sunday, like actual Sunday, no one can take the super like the light rail except for people who have tickets. That is to, that pisses me off. Yeah, so much. Yeah, I don't know if that's annoying for you, it's but like annoying, yeah, I mean uh, I don't take the light rail on Sundays, but like so many people too. So yeah. Mm. Okay, because you're just around. You, I guess you're not taking it to school yeah. or something like that. That's awesome. Thanks for hanging out. This yeah. is this is like a really I was uh, I was telling your dad and I was telling Sarah too. I'm like I'm pumped you want to sit down because it's it could totally be uh, it's a subject that a 32 year old dude is normally not texting a 60 year old <laughs> girl about like hey let's sit down and talk about human yeah. trafficking. <laughs> so I'm like I'm pumped that you're willing to chat yeah. about this. Hey guys, this is Rob with just a quick note before you head off into your week. I just wanted to say a huge thank you, a massive thank you to any of you that have rated, commented, or subscribed to this podcast on iTunes. Also, thank you to those of you that have reached out to me and shared your stories of how these interviews or some of these conversations have impacted you, have inspired you. Man, that has been so awesome to hear. If you have a story you'd like to share with me, head over to thecuriouspod.com slash contact, and I'd love to hear your stories or any just questions you may have for me. Hey, while you're over there, if you want to check out show notes for this or any of the other interviews I've done or contact info for this guest or any of the others, head over to thecuriouspod.com for any of that. And also, I'm really pumped about this. We have a map right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. It's pretty cool. You can click on it. You can see where these have done. If you want to go visit them, if you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show. I'll show. Also, if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere, pretty much everything online is the Rob Morgan at the Rob Morgan, whatever you, you, you know, the drill. All right. Enough of that nonsense. All this podcasting has made me thirsty. You know, (laughs) I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast or else I'd have to tell you podcasting makes me thirsty and nothing quenches a podcast thirst whether you're listening, uh, interviewing, editing, recording, listening to something unrelated to a podcast. Nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness. Hey Hofi, can I steal you for a second? Do you have anything you want to say about Guinness? I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness because it truly is made of more. That's all. Alright. That's it. Thanks. Uh, I love that crap. All right. Have a great week.
See you next Tuesday. Anything else? Thanks for being here. <laughs> Say the most random thing you can think of. No. Yell it. I got nothing. The only word I can think of is formaldehyde. <laughs> Perfect.